0: Welcome to Cup of Joy, the podcast. I'm your host, Heidi B., Chief Joy Officer and Divorce Coach at Joyfully B. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you shift your junk to joy, heartbreak to healing, and free the funk so you can move forward faster. We don't just survive, we thrive by using joy as our GPS to create a life you're obsessed with. I invite you now to grab your cup of joy juice for another epic episode. Like my mama bee always says, put a smile on your face and joy in your heart. And with that, let's start. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Cup of Joy, the podcast. I'm so excited to bring an amazing guest today. Miss Erin Tennant is here. She's the owner of Grow Well Coaching, and she's a mindset coach for personal and professional wellness. She has helped her clients lose weight, create rewarding habits and behavior change. She's planned, had planned strategies to get results, solutions to overcome obstacles, and so much more. Erin uses mindset coaching techniques to work through resistance that keeps us from growing well and living better. Welcome to the podcast, Erin.
1: Thank you. Hi, guys. I am so excited. I have, I feel like it's Christmas morning. Like, (laughs) I love Heidi just as a human being. And then to be on a podcast, like I, on her podcast specifically, I am just so excited to be here and talk to her listeners because I just love you and adore you and what you're doing and what you're offering for specifically women and divorced women. Um, there's a lot of resistance there, which we're going to dive into. Oh
0: my gosh, lady, you and I have been going through our own resistance. That, mm-hmm. And I feel like this time of year, wrapping up a year, moving into a new year, you there's an opportunity to feel lots of excitement, lots of joy, lots of enthusiasm, lots of momentum. And there's also the other end of the spectrum that can be filled with resistance and overwhelm, and confusion, and clutter, and where do I go, and what do I do? There's just so many pieces and parts of this. So what I would love to unpack for our listeners today is how to work through resistance. But I know, first of all, that you have such an amazing personal story Mm -hmm. before you even became a coach And I was wondering if you would share a little snippet of what that looked like. I kind of call it like the junk to joy story, and then we'll get down to the nitty gritty of resistance. But would you mind sharing a little bit about like your then and now space?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cliff notes of my life. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 38 years old, average human being, you know, I was always high functioning, got had friends, boyfriends decent grades. Everything was average. Everything was good. I had some trauma in my childhood, which I believe we all do. And when I talk about trauma, trauma is a spectrum like everything else. It could be something from as small as, you know, there wasn't a lot of love and compassion. There wasn't physical touch. There wasn't encouragement. There wasn't a lot of you can do this encouragement, or it could be something very severe that could be debilitating like you know, sexual abuse, um, physical abuse. Trauma is a whole spectrum of things. So when I use that word, it doesn't have to be severe, um, like we think. It could be very minor in our minds, but it does affect the way we show up and live our life as adults. So I had some trauma like everybody else as a child, and I did not know how to manage that trauma or process the resistance that came with that trauma. So I am Jewish and Jews love food. We love to eat. We celebrate (laughs) with food. We grieve with food. We are bored with food. We're busy with food. Food is a really big part of our culture and our life. And so food was always around. It's a source of pleasure for many of us. And I did not have the greatest mentors to show me how to manage food responsibly. So, at a very young age, I learned how to use it to cope with the resistance. Mm-hmm. And I struggled with my weight for a very long time because of that. So, while I was high functioning, you know, graduated high school, decent grades, college, jobs, all the things, friends, boyfriends, I always had this struggle of my weight.
0: On the outside, you're checking all the boxes, right? Yeah, like, yeah.
1: Check,
0: check, check, check. Did all the things yeah. that society has told me I need to check, except for know how to check myself on the inside. And that's what most yes. of us don't know how to do. That's I mean, you're yeah. you're literally sharing so much of my own personal story, which is why I know that this story of yours is going to hit with so many people. Yeah.
1: It was my internal struggle. It's it's how that looked like. And some of us do that with relationships. Sex, love, food, shopping, alcohol, binging, porn—all the things. Like there, you pick it. You need, over-exercising, even even things that we think are good for us, we can over-indulge in it yeah. because we don't know how to manage the resistance, which our brains are supposed to. I want to be very clear: are are built to function that way. We have parts of our brain that solely operate as I call like judgment zones. Their one sole job is to create judgment and resistance. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: it's a way to keep us alive. It's a way for us to operate as human beings, meaning that we like to operate or we were built to operate avoiding pain, seeking pleasure and conserving energy. So that resistance Mm -hmm. is meant for us to do that. So it's okay. I always say it's not a problem that you have the resistance. It's what you do with it that really makes all the difference. It's how you manage it. So for anyone who's like, well, what in the world is she talking about resistance? What does that mean? Resistance can be a bunch of different things. For this specific conversation and what I do, it's really in your mind. You can also have body resistance, but I'm talking about mind resistance. That is mind drama. That is like, oh, what is he or she thinking of me? Am I doing the right thing? I'm not good enough. Objections. Well, I really want to sign up for that coaching, but I don't have the money. Or I really wanted to go back to school, but I don't have the time. Or I really want to apply for this new job, but I don't think I'm qualified and good enough. And I'm, I'm scared. Lots of doubt, fear, uncertainty worry, overwhelm, stress, that is the resistance that I'm yeah. speaking about. So I had a lot of that yeah, and I didn't know what to do with it. So I used food as a way to distract myself, to avoid the pain, seek the pleasure and stuff down any of the negative thoughts and emotions I had about myself or others, like circumstances. And instead of managing them, I ate and I gained a lot of weight, which I was unhappy about. And I want to be very clear. I don't judge people's weight. I actually don't care. I really do not care what other people look like. I care about the quality of life they're experiencing. Some people have an incredible quality of life in a bigger body. And that is amazing. Some people have a terrible quality of life in a smaller body. So I'm not a medical professional. I'm not here to talk about you know, being overweight is bad or good. I'm talking to the people like me who were uncomfortable and dissatisfied and unfulfilled Mm -hmm. in a bigger body, because it was a habit. It was a cycle that was created and working against themselves and myself. So that's what I'm talking about. I'm not here to be like, anyone needs to lose weight, X, Y, and Z. It's only if you want to lose weight cuz you're unhappy and this resonates with you well and and i don't know if you can
0: relate to this but so i also experienced it's it's not funny but but interesting to me now to recognize this about myself which is i started out using food as my emo, emotional coping strategy for about two decades about 20 years mm-hmm. i was doing that unconsciously for a while and then very consciously for a while All right. And then what I did to offset it, because I, I literally hated my body. I got to a point Mm -hmm. where I didn't notice. I noticed that I was different, a different size and shape. I was a strong curvy girl, but everybody Mm -hmm. on my cheerleading team in high school were a lot of them were just like little twigs and little pencils, including my best friend who I could just throw up in the air. You know what I mean? And there I am uh f- 15 pounds which is nothing weighing more full of muscle i mean i could hold a girl up with two hands by myself um bench pressing my own body weight which looking mm-hmm. back now i'm like holy smokes i had it going on yeah. right but i would right I just would not accept my, I never accepted my body. So what I did once I got through college and then I used alcohol and food to yep. deal with all of that, started gaining a little bit of weight, a little bit of weight, a little bit of weight. And then I noticed. So then what I did to offset was I still ate my feelings and then I worked my feelings off in the gym. Mm. So I had over overeating, undereating. I would call it disordered eating. So I didn't have an eating disorder per se. I didn't acknowledge, uh, binging or anorexia. Those, those things actually weren't in my wheelhouse in the traditional sense, but disordered eating was, well, I was over consuming on the food spectrum, binging, Mm -hmm. and then under consuming by, by ridding my body of all the calories by just working out a couple hours a day. So that was a non-traditional form of, uh, of like bulimia basically is when you're just like your calories. So that is, it's kind of like I was working against myself. I was, there was so much resistance to gaining weight that I would work it off. But then there was so much resistance to feeling my feelings that I would eat them all.
1: When you're working out to that extent, because we've talked about this, I am now pretty physically active because I'm building muscle. So I'm strength training. And the days that I strength train, I tell people I am like, I'm like a dumpster monster. Like I, like the days that I don't eat are the the days I'm not like physically active, meaning in the gym, pumping weights or running. I'm just, it's a rest day or I'm walking. I'm not, I don't have extreme hunger, but when you're working out to that level, you are going to be so hungry. Like I eat so much, like today I'm going to go to the gym. It's going to be a heavy eating day. So here you are creating this cycle of like, I'm eating a lot because I don't know how to manage my feelings or I haven't, I haven't figured out that part. I'm using food as a coping mechanism and I'm overdoing it. So I'm going to work it off. But what you don't realize is when you're working off, you're creating that hunger and it creates this vicious cycle of like beating myself up, going to work out. And then you're eating a lot and you're like, why am I so hungry? But then you're eating for all these reasons. And it's just like It's exhausting.
0: It's it. That's exactly it. It is so exhausting. When you said quality of life and feeling unfulfilled, the interesting thing is eating my feelings was not producing a high quality of life. So there was a point where I got to where I looked at myself and went, wow, this is beyond my body. I don't feel good eating like this anymore. I don't even want this, but I don't know what to do instead.
1: And so that really speaks to me because. When people ask me, well, how did you lose the weight? Well, so go back years, when I was eight years old, I was put on a diet. And so my whole life, I was conditioned to believe the only way I could lose the weight is if I dieted. So I think of diets as restrictive eating. You're restricting your calories. You're restricting the type of food you're eating. You're it's only eat from salads. Yep, yeah, and I love salads. Don't get me wrong, but it's from a place of scarcity, you're focusing on what you can't have. Yes. And not focusing on how you can have all the things you want and lose weight and feel good and feel fulfilled. Now, so I dieted and I had some success, but nothing sustainable ever. And I always felt deprived. I always like lived in this place of scarcity and not abundance. And I didn't trust myself. And because again, the food and the eating were not the problem and the weight, it was the symptom of the problem that I didn't trust myself. I didn't feel competent that I could handle myself with my emotions, that I could handle myself with emotions and eat, whether it was for physical or emotional hunger, all the things. So fast forward, and this could be like a whole book, so I'm not gonna go into it, but I made the decision I was gonna lose the weight and I was gonna take as long as I needed, but I was gonna figure out a way that I could do it the rest of my life. Yes, And I got very clear on what that meant to me. And that meant not dieting. So I knew what dieting was. What was the opposite of dieting, which was no restriction. I could eat whatever I want when I wanted, as long as I felt good that it was going to move me forward for long-term sustainable weight loss. And that requires a lot of self-trust. And when you have no self-trust, it's very difficult but I was, it's simple, but it's difficult, but I was able to stick with it because I started checking in with myself as it got more and more difficult. I kept, I I made space and time for myself. I started creating awareness and consciousness to what I was thinking, how I was feeling. What did I want to do? If I felt like it was something I should or have to do, I really unpacked that. And I tried to put in more of the once. Well, if I think I should eat less bread or I should eat less carbs, why? But I wanna eat carbs, I wanna eat bread. So everything that's taught me, I should eat low carb to lose weight, but I wanna eat carbs. So how do I eat carbs and lose weight? So I would do a lot of that mindset work of figuring out of how to make this work for me. You know, I wanna be able to go and eat ice cream. I wanna be able to order if my if I'm at a family party, and there's pizza, and there's pizza there, how do I eat the pizza if I'm physically hungry? Or even how do I say no, if I'm not? Yeah, how do I not feel the need to eat if I'm not physically hungry? So there was a lot of stuff I had to learn. And that that's a lot of things. But, you know, when people ask me, what did I do to lose the weight? I say, I really built the self awareness to figure out what I wanted to do through the lens of what I thought and I truly believe would lead to weight loss, sustainable weight loss. And that's what worked for me. That's Mm. what really worked for me. So when people are always like, what'd you do? What'd you eat? I eat everything. I eat anything. I don't really plan too much ahead of time. Like I, there was a time I did but and i but it was more about organizing and you know eating consistently and because i started to think about how do i want to think about my body if i'm if i'm reevaluating my relationship with food and my body myself i need to be very clear on what i want for those and i really realized when i pictured myself thriving i was very strong mm-hmm. i was very athletic and i was like i've always really wanted to be an athlete i've always wanted to be physically fit not skinny but physically fit so how do athletes eat well athletes athletes eat a lot and they eat a lot of carbs but they move their body a lot but when i was overweight i'm like well for me to go to a gym right now it's a little overwhelming for me to do the things i want to do like i think i want to run i want to do these things it's overwhelming so what can i do today so walking so i would go out and i would say go take your dog on a 10-minute walk. And then that led to 20 minutes. And then that led to 30 minutes. And then that led to you know putting on my favorite music or podcast. And it became a very rewarding habit for me to sustain. Then that led to, oh, I'm losing weight. I'm feeling better. I'm feeling lighter. I'm getting more confidence. I'm feeling more competent in my ability to do this. So then I started Couch to 5k running. And then I started joining gyms. And it just it started the snowball effect. So for anyone who is looking to start something, whether it's weight loss or, you know, a new life, leaving an old life, old habits, behaviors, partners, people, relationships, whatever that may be, it's about what can I do today that will lead me closer to that Imag- that, that that vision in my imagination that I want so badly for myself. So when I pictured myself as a physically fit athlete, like one of those cross fit, like really strong girls, powerlifting, what can I do today to get there? I'm not going to be able to bench press my weight. I'm not going to be able to deadlift, but I can walk and I can imagine myself doing that and feel good in that space. So I did that. Yeah. And let me tell you, when you start doing that, there's going... If you don't trust yourself, if you are new to doing this work, if you're learning anything, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. I always say you get to decide. Living life is uncomfortable. Being stuck and stagnant and in a cycle is uncomfortable. Learning, growing, transforming is uncomfortable. Pick your poison. Yeah. I rather have something with a tangible result. I rather have something to show for it. That's my choice. If you don't want that, that's fine too. But pick what you want that feels good for you and know that it's gonna be uncomfortable. It's not easy. It may, some people may look at my journey and say, oh, that that looks so easy. Oh my gosh, no, no, no. Internally, it felt miserable. Yeah, We don't know what people are experiencing internally. So only we know what we experience internally and we can use that to form empathy for others. But what's most important is you are all in your own space how do you want to manage your own space? Think about your mental and physical health, like in your body and in your mind as your apartment, as your bedroom. Mm-hmm. Do you want it cluttered? Do you want it messy? Do you want it gross? Do you want to feel overwhelmed by it and unorganized? Or do you want it to be tidy, orderly, make sense? Or if it does get a little messy, which it always will, because if you live in that space, you live in your mind, you live in your body, it will get messy. So how do you organize it? What's your process? How do you clean it up? How do you manage it? And that's what I teach people to do through mindset coaching is how do you manage your internal space so you can keep living in it, feel good and move forward.
0: I love something that you said earlier, which is like managing how you feel doing hard things is the key to resistance. And let me say that Mm -hmm. again for our listeners, managing how you feel doing hard things. Because I think one of the myths that folks get, especially tuning into too much social media and things, is that there are just people who are luckier and there are just people who have it easier and there are just people who can figure it out and they have more motivation than me. Right. And I totally believe that that is not the truth. I believe that we're all going to go through the hard things. We're all going to get to do the hard things. We're all going to choose our hard, pick your poison, as you say. And so when we meet ourselves in resistance, like what's really happening there? Can you explain that a little bit? Like what's happening when resistance shows up, what's going on
1: with us? Well, resistance is a way to keep you safe again, because learning is uncomfortable. Yeah, There's pain in learning. There is sometimes not a lot of pleasure in learning and growth Mm -hmm. right away. The immediate effect is usually pain or uncomfortable or being uncomfortable or discomfort. And it requires energy to grow and learn. And your brain does not want to do that. So it's naturally being like, oh, no, not today, Satan. We're we're not doing this today. <laughs> like, yeah. no, 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 no. You need to go back on the couch. You need to turn on your Yellowstone, get that popcorn out and sit there. Even though you've been telling yourself, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to get up and go to that walk. And there's not a problem that you're sitting on that couch, watching Yellowstone, eating that popcorn. But what have you done that day? that you feel good about working towards your goal if it's specifically to move your body or to eat? Like, did did you eat foods that you feel good in so you can eat that popcorn? Like, or did you just not eat all day because you're restricting yourself and you're like, well, I guess I can eat all this popcorn. Is that really taking care of yourself? Did you eat a good breakfast? Did you eat a good lunch? Did you eat a snack? Did you go for a walk? Did you do your journaling or your mental health routine? Whatever it is, so that when you sit down, you're not stuffing down the emotion with the popcorn, and then you're now in a shame cycle that I call like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Why did I do that again? And the only way to get out of that is to practice getting out of that. Yeah, practice so just doing it, just doing it, and cult. And I think what you said earlier that really, really struck a chord to me with me. And this is a conversation that's happening. In the uh, coaching community, so I'm I'm, I would love to hear your insights on it as well. Is that motivation? Don't wait for that; cultivate it.
0: Yes, find your processes
1: to cultivate motivation. My way to cultivate motivation is to get up every morning. Now, I'm not telling anyone to do this specifically. This is my way. Is that I get up every morning because I'm a morning person. I wasn't always. But as I shifted into more movement and I wanted to get more movement in, I was willing to get up a little earlier. And as I've gotten up a little earlier and a little earlier, now I'm a morning person and I get up at 545, but it started at nine and then eight and then seven. And I and I progressively overloaded, so to speak, that the earlier the time pushing it up. Now I get up in the morning and I go for a walk and I put something in my head in my ear, that makes me feel inspired and good. I listen to podcasts, yeah. I listen to music, I study, I learn, I do something for me. I take care of my body, my mind, my soul all at once. For some people, that may be a meditation practice, meaning sitting still or in movement. That may be sleep, sleep. And then when you get up having a cup of tea or a coffee, but like, if you get up and just jump into problem after problem and life after life, and then you're exhausted, of course, there's going to be no motivation. And even if it's not in the morning, where in your day can you cultivate motivation? How do you motivate yourself? How do other people motivate themselves?
0: I think the I think the conversation around motivation is really interesting right now because I actually believe that, like you said, motivation is cultivated. I think a lot of people wait to have it. When I get it, whatever that magical it is, then I will take action, then change will happen, then my life will look different.
1: Guilty as charged. I did that for so many years of my life. Me too. And and then when I had it, I would be a crazy person and burn out and hustle myself into the ground and be exhausted.
0: I have this little trick that I love to use. And I use the word motivate to get motivated. Okay. And what it is, is you break it up into the word motive and eight, like motive, the number eight, motive, okay. eight, motive, eight. And the first part of the of the word is motive. What's your motive? What's your why behind the try? Yeah. What's your intention for doing this? And at, that goes back to what you were talking about earlier is really envisioning. For you, it was envisioning the athlete. For me, switching over to kind of like the divorce space, it was envisioning myself happy again. Seeing Mm -hmm. the version of me that I missed, that I lost, that I didn't know where she went. She just wasn't there. And it was literally Mm -hmm. like I woke up one morning and that switch flipped. And I was like, she's not here anymore. And that is very daunting and creates a ton of resistance. But what I started allowing myself to do was ask myself, what's my motive? What's the why behind my try? And then I'm going to spend eight minutes, eight minutes doing something for that motive. And for I me, love that That is motivate. Like, what's your motive? Spend eight minutes. We all have eight minutes. I know we do to and maybe that eight minutes is laying in your bed and doing breath work or meditation. Maybe it is doing jumping jacks for eight minutes. Maybe it is praying. Maybe it is listening to a podcast, maybe it's calling a friend, maybe it's texting a parent or whatever it is. That you that know what? And like. also
1: too, I've heard a lot of women say, this is just came to my mind. Like they can tell when they're in a good headspace or not, whether they wash their face at night or not, or in the morning, Ooh. like taking care of their skin. So maybe it's like just as simple as washing your face. So just I, that, that just literally came to my mind. Cause I'm like, Okay, these are all things, but like, of course, I'm coming from a, I'm listening to all the resistance of why I wouldn't do any of this. This is why yes. I'm a resistance coach, I just heard all the reasons like, well, what if I don't like to read? What if I think this is stupid? What if this, and then I realize a lot of us can kind of tell where we're at, depending on if we're washing our faces. I don't know why that is. But if you notice, maybe it's just as simple as washing your face yeah. for eight and whatever that nightly routine is eight minutes taking off your makeup, or if you don't wear the makeup, getting a cleanser, taking care of your skin, you know, even if it's warm water, just mm-hmm. washing your face, take or getting in the shower at night for eight minutes. Yeah. Washing your teeth and flossing, taking, just find something that feels good to you that you can easily do. So I love that you said that. Now, something else that came to mind is in coaching, you know, we talk about our whys and a lot of our whys start at, surface level because introspection self-vulnerability is uncomfortable so again if we're stuffing and avoiding that could be hard for us to go so one of the coaching tactics I use when we're talking about motivation and why's is a lot of people like they call it the five why's but I was thinking what if you spend eight minutes thinking about your why or finding breaking down your why's instead of five times like eight times so for example I wanna lose weight, because I wanna be healthy. Why do I wanna be healthy? I wanna be healthy because I wanna live a long life. Why do I wanna live a long life? I wanna live a long life because I want to experience life. Why do I wanna experience life? Because I want to travel, I wanna spend time with my kids, I wanna be a good example. And then keep breaking that down eight times So you can practice the vulnerability, you can practice Mm -hmm. what it feels like in your body when you go that deep. For example, when I did that work just now, I will tell you, I felt a lot of pressure in my chest. I felt some tightness in my throat. I carry a lot of my resistance in and I just started doing this work. I first did it with my brain and my mind and the thought work. Now, I'm diving into the somatic body mm-hmm. breath work. Yes. And what I'm doing is when I notice I have a thought, what cr- feeling does that create, sensation does that create in my body? And for me, I carry a lot of resistance, energy, sensations, discomfort in my throat all the way down to my pelvic area. Mm-hmm. I think people carry it in different places, but that's where when I have thoughts, Whatever comes up, that's where I feel it. So I practice feeling it because that obviously builds self-trust. I don't have to go stuff my face with food or with alcohol or completely resist showing up to a speaking engagement, which we talked about. Like I have a fear of public speaking and trust me, my brain was trying to talk me out of it for days. As soon as I said, yes, I was like, crap, here we go. I think she's gonna come in hard.
0: (laughs) I think a super important thing here in talking about our own resistance is again going back to what you said in the quality of life and is this going to fulfill me? And that's I think how we can tell the difference if sitting on the couch with a popcorn watching Yellowstone is for me or not, because there's gonna be some days when I check my intention and I think about who I want to become that actually resting my brain and my body and watching this show and having some yummy fats and things is actually going to be exactly what I need. And there's going to be other days where it's actually not providing me. And so it's tricky sometimes because these moments in our lives, when we have the opportunities to grow in the direction of the person we want to be in the life we want to live, we have these opportunities and the resistance goes, hey, no, stay on the couch. And that's how my yeah. voice goes. But then there's other days yeah. where that voice and I, I've i worked on this, so I know what it sounds like. There's other days where it goes, hey, no, hey, stay on the couch today, okay? Do you, you hear deserve the, it? Do you hear the difference? Yeah. Like it, yeah. it, we have to know when our brain is bullying or bestying us is what I call it, right? I
1: love that, yes. And really slowing down to think of the outcome and is this the outcome we want so do we want to rest because we have not we know there's a lot of things coming up we've worked really hard we feel tired and we're okay there's nothing immediate or urgent that pressing commitments that we made to ourselves you know and we're willing to pivot or we set this up ahead of time, whatever feels best for you. You know, for example, yesterday, I had to take some things off my schedule because I was feeling run down. I did some traveling. The time difference really has messed with me. I got sick a couple of weeks ago. I still haven't fully like felt like myself. And I said to myself, well, I I have it on my calendar to go for a run. And I really take honoring my commitments specifically to my body, my relationship with myself very seriously. Mm, yeah and and I was like okay well I really want to go for a run because it's important to me however how is that useful to me well I would honor my commitment I know I would feel good that I ran but also if I didn't run and I took a bath and watched the latest episode of um not Yellowstone but I've been watching White Lotus season two it's amazing everyone should watch it it's so good What if I midday took a break, got in the bath and let my brain and my body rest a little bit. And guess what? It was the best decision because I got up, I ate a really good dinner. I spent really good quality time with my kids. I was able to show up in the best mindfulness state for my coaching client. It's exactly what I needed. So Building that self-trust to, like you said, am I doing this because I feel like I have to or I should or doing this because this is what I need in the moment and this is what my future self will thank me for. Mm. This will actually set me up to succeed.
0: That's a huge piece is like, what will my future self thank me for? But I think, you know, like recognizing resistance, recognizing it, I think is a huge mm-hmm. step. Like even like being willing to acknowledge that it's there. So for instance, I woke up yesterday, actually every day this week. And it's, this is not like, me. I, I it's not like me to wake up and go, I do not want to do my morning practice. Nope. Mm. So now I notice that, Something is off. I have resistance immediately. I recognize it. This is actually uh, not a warning sign, I'll say, but it is a alert system to me now that when resistance like that pops up, there is a request that is trying to come through.
1: There's a need that's not being met for you. Yes, that's what I like to say. So, what, how, I'm curious. What have you explored? Yeah. What have you come up with? What, what have you thought about? This
0: is interesting. So. I have been facing injury lately and my body, Mm -hmm. my knee has all this fluid around it and I'm literally limping. And you and I share the love of, of, of weightlifting and running and all of these things that really make my body feel extremely powerful. It gives me so much energy and uh, pizzazz in my life to actually honor that practice that used to be punishment for me is now mm-hmm. really so much power for me. And so I've been working through nurturing this story of you know, I don't have the energy that I need, or the pizzazz that I need, or the passion that I need because I don't have that that level of fuel in me because I can't do the things that I can normally do. So, I think that waking up it, yesterday and the day before and the day before was okay. What is here and what I realized is there's just like some stuck and stagnant things in my system, and so you know what? I didn't go to the pool. I didn't like fill it in with something else cuz there's a million other things I can do. I I know that. But what I did was I laid in bed longer. I turned on a breathwork thing and I just breathed my body through it and I let myself cry about it. And I let yeah. myself be mad that I that I was injured and I let myself be sad that this was it. And then I turned on some 80s music. And I sang really loud in the shower, and I told myself, "I'm going to wash this off. I'm going to rinse this off." And it doesn't mean I'm going to come out of the shower, and my knee's going to be better. But what it no. means is that I can access energy within myself in a different way. But I, I'm yes. definitely meeting myself with that mindset, and you can you can tell right away that's a massive mindset resistance.
1: And like I said, of course you would have that resistance. Your injury. And the fear of being injured and the quality of life when one is injured and, and giving up something that, like you said, just provides so much value and fuel to your life. And then like the trying to have to pivot for some of us who are creatures of habit can be really, really difficult. So no one's here to argue the resistance, but what you did with the resistance made all the difference was, I will always say the first step is building the awareness. What am I thinking? How am I feeling in my body? And, you know, using your mind in so many ways, and you can, and you can pose that question is as many different ways as you want, but really getting in tune. Like, so if you're like, well, what am I thinking about right now? Or what's on my mind? What happened to me yesterday? What's bothering me? Keep it open-ended. You know, don't do yes or no questions because your brain will want to like, just (laughs) say no, move past it. Say no, (laughs) no, no. Yes, no, yes, no. Like, you know start having a conversation with it it wants to be heard it wants to be engaged we have the ability to do this as human species check in with it it is a tool we are human beings and to operate at the highest level of our being we have to manage our tools appropriately our bodies and our brains you have to engage with them you have to be able to live with them and in them yeah. And have a healthy relationship with them. So engage with your thoughts, engage with your brain. You can also imagine if you can't ask those questions, I like to do why some people think of meditation. I was just having this conversation as stillness. I like to think of meditation as focus. So yeah. you can focus in motion. So for busybodies like myself, mm-hmm. who always has things on her checklist and task list, I started doing this work in motion. I would walk, I'd wash dishes. I'd be in line at Starbucks or walking to pick up the kids from school, vacuuming, where I didn't really have to think about the task, but I could just start watching, observing, tuning in like a radio station to what my thoughts were and just not judging them that they're right or wrong, just being curious about them. That is a practice that is going to be so useful. Mm. for anybody who wants it, anyone who's curious about it, anyone who's willing to do it, just to start building that awareness of what's happening up there. Because once you can tune in, you can start paying attention and seeing the patterns. You can start seeing the resistance and maybe not the resistance, all the good stuff too, all the positive stuff. Sure. And then you can start saying, oh, when I have this thought, This is how I feel in my body. Mm. And then you can notice, oh my gosh, do I not like to feel things? Like, is it really uncomfortable? Because maybe I have to go check out a coach who can help me start learning how to feel things. Because I'm a master compartmentalizer. I have this amazing ability to, (laughs) once I find the thought, I can hit reset or I can push override and I can go past my feelings. So I can intellectually Mm. talk about my feelings without feeling them. Mm. And that has worked for me But it's also allowed me to stay where I'm at. Like it's kept me at a growth edge. I can't go past it without being willing to sit in the actual vibration of my emotions. So that's some of the work I'm doing that I only recognize from the thought work. Yes. So you can kind of identify, okay, is it hard for me to tune into my brain? Or is it hard for me to tune into my body? Wherever it's easier for you to tune into, tune into that. I don't start really start there. Start there. Because there. it'll start connecting. I I'm an internal person. I'm I'm an introvert. I'm always overthinking, overcomplicating, always in my head, daydreaming, mm-hmm. thinking, planning. If you're like that, you're a mind person. So tap in there. Go be willing to go there. All think about all your thoughts, your wants, your needs, your desires, your hopes, your dreams, your fears. If you're more of like, I feel so much all the time. Be willing to go into your feelings because once you go into those, that'll say that'll allow you access into your brain. Mm-hmm. And once you get those balanced and more aligned, you begin to thrive and you know how to manage those. And you can work with any of the resistance that holds us back, whether it's in our bodies or in our brain, whatever that may be. Because I can intellectually deal with self doubt, I cannot physically deal with self-doubt.
0: Yeah. And that that part is so powerful. So, so powerful when we can unify yeah. the mind and the body to work together to feel that it's okay to be uncertain. It's okay to do hard things. It's okay when we can self-regulate it with mind-body unison. We really create a powerful path through resistance.
1: Exactly. You can't eliminate it. There's nothing wrong. You're having it. If you're not having it, I definitely would go talk to somebody or be curious about why there's, because I've met someone and she was recently saying like, I have no self-doubt. I have no fear. I have, I have nothing to worry about. And I'm like, I have so much resistance for you. Do you want some of it? Like I have (laughs) resistance to you saying this, like, and you know, and, and, and I, and here's what I say about this. If it's not a problem, then don't make it a problem. Yeah. But then she came back to me and she's like, and I said that to her and then she's like, well, now I'm curious. And I was like, that's your, and, and the way she was kind of saying it, I was like, you have resistance. You just are not willing to see it because you you have wrapped it up in a pretty bow. And that's or okay. Got, or we, gotten
0: really, really good at avoiding it. I mean, yeah, it, avoiding you may it. never recognize it in your system if you have never actually allowed yourself to have any part of it, to partake in it. And
1: and I think people may have the question for us, well, why would you ever want to like evoke that up? Why would you ever want to bring that up? Like negativity and all that stuff. And this is what I say to them. The most successful people I've ever heard talk on a podcast, television show, done incredible things, run thousands of miles, lost tons of weight, made tons of money, repaired relationships, got over addictions that they never thought. Everyone has told me it's come from their ability to feel Mm -hmm. the spectrum of emotion. So if you're only willing to feel good, you are capping yourself off and you are only going to go so far where you're at might be fine. But if you have a need and urge or desire for more, you're never going to get there if you're not willing to feel the negativity that matches that positivity. And once you mm-hmm. feel that negativity, then you'll grow in the positivity, you'll feel even better. And then when you can feel that positivity, and you're willing to feel the opposite of that, and trust yourself that you can manage just that sensation, it's just a vibration, it's just a A frequency of discomfort, then you'll be mirrored the opposite. I know this is really meta, but this is true. And I don't know any other way to say it. But when you're willing to feel the full range of emotions and increase the intensity of that and the toleration of that on your own time, in your own space, at your own pace, you will realize you're willing to do more things. For example, say no to overeating. Or allow yourself to overeat and still show up the next day. Or say yes to a public speaking, even though you have every fear and doubt. But you're going to show up. You're going to have doubt and fear the whole time. Then you're going to watch the video back and say, that wasn't so bad.
0: Or go for a walk in the rain after you've told myself no thanks in the morning. That's what I did yesterday. It was like, sometimes also I think it's okay, very much okay to... Recognize that resistance, like you said, like that awareness. Check in, allow it to be there, and then ask it what's the request. Okay. The request yeah. is the request is not now, Heidi. Okay. All right. I can take it easy. So then I went on with my day. And at the end of the day, I checked in with that resistance again and went, How you doing? And it went, There's still a little bit more here and I kind of want to move it. And then I looked outside and it was raining, Aaron. It was raining and i was like mm-hmm. i have every reason not to go on yeah. a walk right now every single reason it's cold it's ohio it's rainy it's dark it the the it's going to be dark by the before i even get back well guess what i went for that walk and it turned into so much release so much yep. peace a beautiful podcast in my ears and then i even took the podcast out because i noticed that because it got did get dark there were all the christmas lights on Mm. and I got to go joy spotting which is what I do when I go walking I look for where joy exists in the world even when I don't feel like it even when I am resisting joy which I want but I'm going to resist it
1: but the resistance is telling you you want it you want it the resistance is telling you that the resistance of the doubt and the fear in yourself of doing something or not wanting something is that you actually do want it you're just Not all in. And you have to sell yourself on being all in because that's what you deserve. You deserve to have it all. Yeah. So... Telling, I love this conversation. This yeah, could go on for hours. For hours and hours and hours. <laughs> hours and,
0: and I hours. know that you've given us so many golden nuggets. So we can always come back and give the people what they want. If you guys want to hear more with uh, Coach Erin and have her back on any topics, maybe it's more about resistance. Maybe it's more about mindset. Maybe it's more about whatever it is. She yeah. is such an open book. And one of the things I love most about you, we were talking about this a little bit before we started, and we'll wrap in two seconds here is that you're willing to show up so authentically and say the things that so many people are thinking that they're experiencing in their lives, but they're kind of afraid to say because they think they're the only one experiencing it. And I love that about you is you're willing to put yourself out there, say what it is, and that's everything that Cup of Joy stands for is how do we help people normalize the things that they they experience on a daily basis so they can actually move forward instead of backwards. So thank Mm -hmm. you for being that person in this space with me today. If you don't mind, I have two quick closing questions. Yeah. Well, first, before I do that is how can people get more of you? How can they connect yes. with you?
1: Yes. Um, so you listen, I am an open book. I love meeting people. I love all things. So please, if any of this resonates with you, do not be scared. Just say hi, even if no intention of working with me, but you're just like, what did she say? She's and a cool I don't person understand just know. It. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Or I really disagree with everything she says, but I'm drawn to her, whatever it is, reach out to me. I don't care. I just want to meet you. I just <laughs> want to hear all things. So I am on the social media platforms of Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. On Instagram and Facebook, you can find me at Grow Well Coaching. LinkedIn, it's just my name, Erin Tennant. You can also follow me. You can also find my, me on my website and contact me directly from there. And that's Uh, www.thegrowwellcoach.com, which I'm sure all this information will be in the show notes. Yeah. So you can always uh, find that uh, resource and find me there through the show notes. But thank you so much for having me on. Like I just, this has been some work, but it has been some of the best work of my life. And I know when I show up vulnerable, willing to say the hard things, willing to share the human experience, that... When people have done that for me in the past, it's given me permission. It, it somehow, like when, when I have had my people, my, when I've heard crazy things come out of people's mouths that I've been curious about, or just like, I want to know more. Or I don't know what she's saying, but like, I'm kind of into it. It resonates with me. If someone's saying that, it's giving me permission in a way to be vulnerable, to be human, to be authentic. So I always made that that commitment to myself that I will always show up no matter what the response is. Obviously, I hope I'm showing up in a respectful, kind, thoughtful way, but I'm not here to say the right thing. I'm here to say the thing that speaks to me and I hope it speaks to other people and I know it speaks to you and the same. And we tend to, and and vulnerability tends to breed vulnerability. Misery tends to yeah. breed misery. So you get to decide what you want to breed. That's always yeah. a choice. That, and you can and that, do that through managing your resistance.
0: Absolutely. Well, that might have answered this question or not. Oh, but okay. what's, what's one thing that
1: you love most about you? Ooh, I got to take a deep breath for that you know, I'm not going to get so deep here because I'm a deep person. I really enjoy my sense of humor. I think yeah. sometimes I <laughs> am so ridiculous and so funny, but when you do like a strength finder test or something, one of the things is the ability to have zest and find humor. Yeah. And I am, listen, we all have our struggles. I think some of the things that have really saved me and saved my life from just some pain, some true, true raw pain that I've experienced from my circumstances in my life has been my ability to find humor in the craziest, most ridiculous circumstances. So whether you're going through a divorce, you're struggling with your weight, if that naturally comes to you that you can find things funny, use that to your advantage. Because life can be really hard and serious. But there's always these moments of joy and I find joy through humor. So Yay. there you go. That's Wrap beautiful. that up in a bow for you.
0: Beautiful. And our last question is what does joy yeah. feel like in your body?
1: Oh gosh. Joy feels like I am like a rocket ship. I'm just like flying. Like I am literally have all the inertia and speed and I'm like lifting off into space like I am going into space unknown territory but I am all in knowing all the risks all the fears all the doubt all the resistance and I'm going to see something and experience something so out of this world that's what joy feels like to me Woo. Mic
0: drop. I've never heard anyone. It's like, that's my favorite question. Cause every single person I've ever had, there's no one that explains it the same. And every single one makes me feel so much joy in my body.
1: I think what you should do, this is just my thought before we get off. Cause I do have to run. I know you have to run is that I think some month someday, or maybe once a week you should quote your podcast guests of what joy feels like or Mm. put out an excerpt because I'm curious. I want to know what it feels like for other people because I'm going to say something that may resonate with others or maybe someone said something like, oh, that actually sounds even more like what now, what what I'm thinking now versus what I'm thinking in this moment. So I'm just so curious. I want to know what it feels like for everybody. And if you're a listener, I think you should... DM, email Heidi and tell her what joy feels like or what you hope joy feels like.
0: I love that. Yes, that's our challenge to you for sure. What does your joy feel like? Message us. Let us know. Both Erin and I will share it on our social media. We'll highlight you and all the things. And it's funny, Erin, because when I have guests on more than once, I still ask this question and and they always forget and they always answer it different because joy feels different in your body on different days and points in your journey. So thank you so much for being here. It was a pure joy to have you here with us today. I appreciate you and all that you bring to this world and all you bring to my life and the show and the listeners and to the rest of you listening, have a beautiful day, go out into the world, shine your light bright and live a limitless life. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you loved the chat today, take a quick screenshot of this episode and send it to a friend. Connecting with you brings sunshine to my soul. So let's continue our conversation on Instagram at joyfullybe and check out my soulful services at joyfullydivorced.com. Remember joy is contagious. So go out there, shine your light bright and live a limitless life.